bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits what a homicide and kills people up... If you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. This is the Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris. Sponsored by Concordia University on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Make sure you tune in to 1017 The Truth's Gridiron Game of the Week this Thursday as we have MPS Conference Championship Football as the Marshall Eagles take on the Vincent Vikings. Kickoff is set for 6 p.m. Again, that's Milwaukee Marshall versus Milwaukee Vincent. This Thursday night, MPS Conference Championship for the final Truth Gridiron Game of the Week of the season on the new 1017 The Truth, the Truth app and 1017thetruth.com, presented by Gruber Law Offices. We also want to say thank you to Gruber Law Offices for being a founding partner of the new 1017 The Truth. We're proud to be supported by a law firm who's made such a positive impact in our community. So if you or a loved one has ever been injured, in an accident, give Gruber Law Offices a call. One call, that's all. Also, thank you to Associated Bank for being a founding partner of the new 1017 The Truth. Together, we are committed to uplifting local organizations and supporting black-owned businesses. Whatever your financial needs are, Associated Bank can help. Member FDIC. Number five. Black farmers are now suing the federal government for unkept promises of billions of dollars in relief. Black farmers relied on federal government to keep its promise to fund $5 billion to the farmers in the American Rescue Plan Act. Well, civil rights attorney Ben Crump and the National Black Farmers Association have announced they'll be filing a class action lawsuit against the United States government. The lawsuit claims the federal government breached its contract with socially disadvantaged farmers under the American Rescue Plan Act, or ARPA, which was expected to pay off U.S. Department of Agriculture loans held by 15,000 black Native American, Alaskan Native, Asian American, Pacific Islanders, Hispanic, 
and Latino farmers. The Hispanic and Latino thing makes no sense to me. In August, Congress repealed the section of 105, section 105 of ARPA, which provides funding and authorization for the federal government to pay up to 120% of direct and guaranteed loans outstanding balances as of January 1st, 2021 for socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers, breaking the government's promise and leaving farmers in foreclosure. Black farmers relied on the federal government to help to keep its promise to fund uh, $5 billion to farmers when it passed ARPA and now nothing. Black and other farmers of color did exactly what the government asked them to do. They maintained or expanded their operation to strengthen the food supply during COVID, Crump said. They believed the U.S. government promises. They took Congress and the administration at their word, expecting that the government would pay off their debt as the USDA promised in writing. Instead, it was 40 acres and a mule all over again, 150 years later. Broken promises that doomed generations of black farmers to become sharecroppers and robbed black families of billions of intergenerational wealth. Some of these farms are worth millions of dollars, have provided income, housing, uh, philanthropy, and money for college for thousands of kids that basically just evaporated and now they'll have to Some of them will have to file bankruptcy. So that's unfortunate. Uh, We we have to really look at what that means when we hear how important the federal government is, but then when we show up to collect, we're still met with absolutely nothing. Number four. So right-wing conspiracy theorists, you heard him, Alex Jones. If you haven't heard of him, you will. He has to pay $965 million in damages to numerous families of victims of the 2012 Sandy Hook mass shooting for falsely claiming they were actors who faked the tragedy, a Connecticut jury said on this afternoon. So as I sat here doing show prep, I watched as a verdict came in three weeks after testimony in state court in Waterbury, Connecticut, outstripped the 49 million he was ordered to pay in August by a Texas jury for a similar case brought on by two other Sandy Hook parents. So now we're talking 965 plus 49, and that is a billion dollars that he has to pay. The Connecticut verdict applies to both Jones and his company, Free Speech Systems LLC, The owner of his InfoWars website, FSS, filed for bankruptcy in July, and the plaintiffs in the Connecticut case include more than a dozen relatives of 20 children, six staff members who were gunned down at Sandy Hook Elementary School in December 2012. Jones claimed for years that the massacre was staged as a part of a government plot to take away America's guns. Jurors said the plaintiffs should also be awarded attorney's fees, and they haven't been determined. Those will be determined In November, during a live broadcast of the verdict, Jones vowed to appeal and said his company's ongoing bankruptcy will protect him for wars in the meantime. Just goes to show you that if you can't source it. Don't say it. Number three. Well, today, if you haven't heard 
medical examiner was called, responded to a fatal motor, motor vehicle accident. Tenth and Wells happened around 9.01 this morning. Police say one driver, 22-year-old man, was driving east at a high rate of speed on 11th and Wells, blew through a red traffic light near the intersection of 10th and Wells and struck a vehicle that was occupied by the 40-year-old man. A 40-year-old man was driving northbound on 10th and Wells. The police say both vehicles were traveling east when they struck four unoccupied legally parked cars, and the 40-year-old man was taken to a local hospital where he was pronounced dead, and the 22-year-old is now in custody. Charges will be presented to the district attorney's office in the coming days. Number two. I'm torn between which one of these I want to talk about. But in the same vein, Milwaukee County Medical Examiner was called to the homicide of a woman near Silver Spring and Lover's Lane this morning. Police say a 32-year-old Milwaukee woman was shot and killed. The medical examiner's office says this is the 43rd time a woman was murdered in Milwaukee County this year. In 2021, there were only 37 total victims. And so the woman was said to have been 38 to 39 weeks pregnant at the time. We've got to do something about this. We've got to make sure that we pay attention to what's going on in our community and act accordingly because these types of things need to stop. And we have to make sure that we take care of our community, of our families, and of our children. Number one. My final story, there are more questions than answers following. If you haven't heard about it, I know Tori Lowe discussed it. The police shooting in Mississippi that left a 15-year-old black boy dead as eyewitnesses are contradicting the narrative provided by law enforcement. Jaheem McMillan was taken off life support Saturday, more than two days after a Gulfport police officer gunned him down because he was allegedly armed. McMillan was one of five teens in a car that was reported to have threatened drivers by waving guns when police arrived outside of a local family dollar store on Thursday. Police presence prompted two people in the car to flee, leaving behind McMillan and two others. Everybody agrees on that much. Losing my voice there. But what happened next is under heavy dispute. As police claim one thing while eyewitnesses something completely different. During a press conference on Tuesday, Gulfport Police Chief Adam Cooper said McMillan was armed and did not comply with orders to drop a gun. McMillan turned both his body and the weapon toward the officer. Cooper continued and the officer fired at McMillan. Police claim they found at least one gun in the westbound in the waistband of another teen in the car. Cooper said McMillan was taken to the hospital with a single gunshot wound, but neither mentioned that it was in the head nor the fact that he had died as a result of the police shooting. McMillan's mother is one of an apparent growing number of people disgruntled with the police narrative. And while she wasn't there, she says she saw a video on social media with an alleged witness claiming and not only did McMillan comply, but he was also not armed when he was shot. And reports claim he was simply holding a McDonald's bag and some keys. And so Katrina Mateen told local 
news outlet WVUE that he came out of the dollar store with his hands up and they shot him in the head. What I would ask everyone to do is take a step back. Let's look at all the video that's available. Local, police, people watching, people videotaping. I am hopeful that someone recorded it and that we can see it clearly exactly what happened. If those officers did what they are alleged to have done, they should go to prison. He or she should go to prison for life without possibility of parole if they're found guilty of homicide. It's unconscionable. Let's make sure that the information is correct so that they can then pursue legal avenues, both criminally and civilly, in the proper way. And it's going to be tough, and it's going to be hard, but I know that eventually the one thing that we're going to be able to see is justice. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the phone and talking text line. Let me know what's on your mind. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Talking text line says, Homeboy dodging the billion, elders navigating retirement, bankruptcy is a strange tool. No, it's not. Bankruptcy is not a strange tool. If you use it correctly, everybody wins. You can you can reorganize. And pay people back and use it as a win-win tool. There are times when you need to use it to wipe out your debt because you're not going to make anymore and they're not going to be paid and you're going to, you know, people make mistakes. People make mistakes. And when people make mistakes, sometimes, sometimes people are gracious enough to help them. And that's what bankruptcy can do. But I feel you. Southside Frank. Hey, Southside Frank, why do you call yourself Southside Frank, but you don't live on the South Side? I'm just wondering. 833-212-1017 is the number. All right, so peep this. I need your advice. And DZ, I know you're going to jump in and say something about it. A San Diego State University professor has come under fire over a slavery-based assignment that made some of her students uncomfortable. Now, This wasn't another instance of schools run by white people who think having children post-slavery for life tweets or running mock slave auctions is a good idea. But this wasn't white educators making black students pick cotton or draw pictures of slaves picking cotton for Black History Month or college presidents serving black meals with cotton centerpieces, which is kind of weird, but 
Anyway, the appropriateness of this assignment, which again was given to college students, can be easily left up to interpretation of the individual. So here it is. This is from the Daily Aztec. On October 11th, Amiri Johnson, a student enrolled in Professor Lachey Collins's African Studies 101 course, posted a description of an assignment requiring students to create a fake slave persona on their Instagram page. The assignment worth 8% of students' final grade was disapproved by some students in the course. Should never have to act like or create a slave persona for one of my Africana Studies students. But hey, at least my professor canceled the in-class presentations where she wanted us to act and dress in our personas. Amira Jackson wrote, in the caption of his post. Robbie Jackson, a second-year psych major and minor in Africana Studies, said the first day of the classes at SDSU, they were told by Collins that it was optional to dress as a slave for the assignment. And according to Robbie, this statement was met with silence in her class. Nothing happened like no one said anything, Robbie said. There was no reaction as far as I could tell, and she just continued talking about her expectations for the class, but nobody said anything or did anything. A student enrolled in the course who also asked to be unnamed in fear of retaliation from their professor said Collins told them that students in the past have come to class dressed in historically accurate clothing. They said it was implied by Collins that it would improve the student's grade for the assignment. So the anonymous student claimed that they were being encouraged to use broken English, wear tattered clothing to illustrate the slave experience. And she told us that we needed to make it historically accurate and stated that slaves were not taught proper English and they spoke in fragmented sentences, the student said. So Collins said not to worry about punctuation or grammar. Now, if this is true that students were told to go full yes massa. In order to get the best grade possible, then this person says, yeah, this assignment was trash. But if the university's Africana Studies Department Chair, Adissa Alkabulan, said via email that there was never a requirement to dress as a slave or speak in broken English, as been falsely reported in some of the outlets, it's worth mentioning that the African Student Union appears to be standing behind Collins, who is black. The Student Union said Collins would never do anything to harm students and is committed to ensuring that every student is heard and respected inside and outside the classroom and characterize the backlash over the assignment as part of an unfortunate misunderstanding and unfinished narrative. And I think what happens is we are dealing with a generation of African-American student, white student, black student, doesn't matter what, we're dealing with a generation of people who are so sensitive about every little thing that if it gives an inkling of disapproval, then we believe we need to get rid of the entire thing. I can see both sides of it. I can see where somebody might be offended but we're talking about something that's part of your history, something for you to understand the depth to which a person had to live in order to make it. So is it above you to not be perceived as a slave? I mean, are you that important that 
oh my gosh, I can never do that. It's terrible. Or are you reflecting something that is indigenous to your people and that without them, there would actually be no you? What are your thoughts? 833-212-1017 is the number. I'm interested in knowing and hearing. And give me a call. I'm interested in whether or not you agree with this instructor or you disagree. I know some schools that would probably lose their mind if a black professor did that. If a black professor uses the N-word in class, in context, because those are some of the things you might get screamed at. Is that appropriate? Because teaching a course, teaching a class is not about you feeling good about yourself and making you feel uncomfortable. That, that's what college is for. It's for you to feel uncomfortable. Concordia talks about that. It's not just living the uncommon life, right? It's not about living uncommonly. It's about being in an environment. And, and this is the thing that disturbs me. When I heard it initially about making a safe space, I thought it was idiotic. Why? Because of the way that you use it is to basically say that anytime I don't want to hear something, I scream, I need a safe space, and then it goes away. And you don't build up the resilience and the intestinal fortitude to deal with things that make you uncomfortable, make you feel uncomfortable, and have some of those difficult conversations. And I have trouble having difficult conversations. I can say that. But college is for difficult conversations. It's the place where you explore. Now, when I say a safe place in college, not safe space, but safe place in college, I mean somewhere where you can ask the question that someone else may deem as dumb and there be no recompense, there be no pushback, that you're able to ask a question. And if somebody laughs, I holler at them or throw them out of my class. And that's black, white, Hispanic, Asian, male, or female. I don't care. It's about understanding each other. It's about getting to know each other, getting to find those 98% of things that we all have in common. And if we disagree about the 2%, let it go. Let it go. Because you're not going to change anybody. They may change later. I think it's our job to plant seeds. Let God give the increase. Stop all this trying to change people and make people better. You don't understand. You know, you don't get it. This is, you know, arguing that your school needs to get rid of everything that you feel uncomfortable about. Leave. Because college is probably the best place to learn about different cultures, different people, different races, different ideas. That's what I'm saying. Before we go to break, talking text time, Mr. Madee said, I'm not claiming to be something I never been. School is an institution. I'm not buying into the way they screw people's minds up big time. Everybody I know that went to a four-year college, uh, that's a Democrat, is a crash dummy big time. That doesn't make any sense, Mr. Madee, because I went to a four-year college. Am I a crash dummy? Or the only crash dummies that are in college are people that are liberal, not conservative? That doesn't make any sense to me. 
That don't make no sense. Hey, Mr. Medee, today for a microsecond, you know what? You get canceled. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017. Okay, I gotta I gotta look this up. So let me get this right. So Devontae Adams has written a site that I love it. First of all, these are idiots, stupid people. Whoever did the ESPN story needs to be walked out back and told to learn how to write. An inverted pyramid. Okay. Devontae Adams charged a misdemeanor assault. He was not. He was not. He was written a municipal citation. And so your your story is incorrect. Story was written at 1040 this morning, hasn't been updated. Charges filed in municipal court. It's a municipal court, you knucklehead. It's a ticket. What are you even talking about? Like, why are you writing this? Who wrote this idiocy? ESPN News Services. Who wrote this story? Paul Gutierrez and Associated Press contributed. Idiotic. Idiotic. It's a citation. It's a ticket. He'll get a fine. We're done. Come on. Breaking news. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. And who was the other guy? What happened to the security guard that pulled down uh, the football player that that did the the Lambo-type leap? Remember that? Why didn't he get charged? He assaulted him? Yeah. Rules for thee, not for me. But then we blow this up as if it's some big deal. Bumped into a cameraman. Oh, the cameraman got whiplash. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And he admitted it. Yeah, I was I was wrong. I shoved the guy. The guy got in my face. And he got so why would you get in the way of a player running off the field? Even if they were walking off the field, why would you get in their face? Makes absolutely no sense. But there's always a double standard, there seems to be. There always seems to be a double standard. When it comes to African-Americans. And, and as, as DZ said, we, I was always told when I worked freelance for CBS Sports, when I worked freelance for Fox Sports on the sideline, here's what happened. So I'm working on the sideline. And while I'm sitting there, I'm doing sound. Right. So I'm the guy on the sideline that has the parabolic mic. So when you hear the, 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 the 
quarterback go, 352, 952, right? That's me, right? When you kick the ball and you hear the poom, that's me catching the kick. When the players are running off the field and you hear them saying, you blankety blank, 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 that the network is bleeping, that's me. Was me. Right, the, the mic that looks like a trash can lid, a halfway one. No, it looks like a punch bowl with a stick in the middle, right? And so, there you go. So, I'm standing there, and I'm nowhere near a cord because I'm, I'm hypervigilant when it comes to that because other people, you got to move fast, right? So, mine is wireless. But then, there's a camera guy. And he goes to move, and he hollers, get off my cord. And I look at him, and I go, what are you talking about? You were on my cord. I said, I haven't moved a muscle, and there's the cord right there. Haven't touched it. What are you talking about? You network people are all alike. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So then somebody else comes over, okay, okay, it'll be okay. I said, first of all, you need to mind your own business. Let him say what he's going to say because I didn't touch it. And we've got cameras all around here. Show it. Show me what I did. I was the only African-American person there. Constantly complaining. What are you doing? I'm back here. What are you talking about? I'm nowhere near your court. Stop it. You're not going to make me feel bad and intimidate me so I'm not on the line. You see the little jacket here? It says blankety blank sports. That means I get to be here. What, what it was is they were upset with local local people were upset with network people that came in because they thought they should have the jobs. I'm thinking to myself, if you have the job, then you're not doing the one you're doing. So what, 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 what are we talking about? So I just, you just get used to people doing stuff like that to you. You get used to people going behind your back or figuring out ways to get rid of you, to move you out of jobs, to stop you from being a part of the group. And it's unfortunate, but I have to say it. In many places where I operate, racism is alive and well. And I'm very, very particular because that's a, that's a powerful charge to give somebody to call them racist. But I've been in instances where other people have, other white people have come to me and said, what are they doing? And I said, well, you know better than me because you're friends with them. So I don't understand why you're asking me the question. Like, I don't know. Devontae Adams, come on. Come on. 833-212-1017. Southside Frank finally came back and said, grew up on the south side of Milwaukee. Attended 8th Street Middle School. Lived on 16th and Beecher. Walked across the viaduct. Uh, came up fatherless with a black and white box and was no reason the fridge was plugged in, wasn't nothing ever in it. Slept on half a pillow under a half a blanket. I lost a brother and my only sister to the streets, Southside Frank. That said, don't be speculating on my cred. Well, first of all, let me holler at you for a second. Number one, I noticed you typed it in. You didn't call me because you know I was going to jack you. <laughs> Number two, and you know I'm kidding. Number two, don't be trying to throw your street cred thinking I can relate to it because I'm a black man. 
I don't care that you grew up poor and grew up without a father and grew up sleeping on half a pillow under half a blanket. I don't really care. And the only reason you had half is because somebody else had the other half. It wasn't like you cut it in half and was sleeping on half a pillow. So stop. Stop. Number three, it don't matter where you came from. It's where you end up. What you doing now, living great, living out in New Berlin, Muskego, living the life. So I'm, you know, I'm impressed, but I'm really not. I mean, there's a reason why we call life life, right? It's called hard knocks. Get yours. I got mine. But it doesn't give you this, this, this thing, right? That's why I have an issue with people who come up and they don't want to have any stress. They don't want anything bad to happen. They don't want anything because it'll make them feel bad. That is what gives you legs that gives you bones to be able to do whatever you want to do in life. Some of people, Dr. Ken, how do you get where you at and what you're doing, what you're doing? I repeat to them what Bishop Darrell Lynn Hines said to me. If you want to go through what I get went through to get what I got, come on. And then they go, oh, I don't know. And then you start telling them about growing up. He had a pillow. He had a blanket. Like, so, so everybody has their story. Everybody has their story. I want to know the outcome. And it sounds like Southside Frank has it and came through it and fought and came up on the other side. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what life is about. I want to know where you at. I don't care about what you went through. I mean, I do. But where are you now? How did you parlay fatherless, growing up, no food in the refrigerator, all that? My wonder was the fact that we ate all the time, but I knew we were on welfare. And I knew my mother didn't have a job, but we always ate. Then it dawned on me, many of those nights, we ate. My mother didn't. And that's why when I think back now, when people complain about things they're going through and life gets tough, I only got one thing for him. And it might sound mean and it might sound strange. But all I can say, join the club. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. You know, elections are coming up in Wisconsin, so it's our opportunity to make our voices be heard. Our friends at AARP created a comprehensive election guide where you can find up-to-date information on how to register, the rules for early voting, key deadlines, and more. Visit aarp.org forward slash votes. And get all the information you need to cast your ballot. Your vote is important because it can change the future for you, your family, and our community. So stay informed and make sure your voice is heard. So for more information and the latest voting information, 
Visit aarp.org forward slash WI votes, V O T E S. 833-212-1017 is number. Southside Frank said, my mom does that too. Makes me beyond, beyond proud. And then Mr. Madi called me a blankety blank fool. Ha, 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 ha. That's all right. All right. I'm going um, to cancel him. Boop. Okay, he's canceled. All right. Um, 414-460 says, hey, Dr. Ken, I think my issue with the professor's assignment is that it sounds mocking and like pun when they say use broken English or whatnot, because I just honestly believe there may be a stereotype message. Um, I'm hard pressed to, I don't know what they spoke back then, whether they spoke I don't know. I don't know how white people spoke. I don't know how slaves spoke. So in that instance, I don't know. Our people were learned and quickly rose from slavery for the broken language narrative to be the norm of the average slave dialect. I think, I don't know. We don't have enough information to know. So anyway, they go on to say, I do believe, however, the idea of having a student talk a walk in a slave's shoes could be a good way to start a conversation about many topics like internalized racism and stereotyped mindsets, etc. In my youth programs, I have had students dress as powerful figures such as Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass, not that Uncle Tom foolery. I don't see the point in pointing out negative views. I think we have to, first of all, thank you for that. I think we have to point out negative views because negative views are part of the narrative. Stop painting black people as perfect. Stop making people think that black people haven't done anything wrong or can't be wrong because we can. Number two, Frederick Douglass. I don't know how he spoke or dressed because I've never heard him talk. Neither have I heard Harriet Tubman. I've seen pictures of people that I think was Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman. And Harriet Tubman did not dress the way we dress today. She didn't even dress in the well-dressed time, dress of the time, right? So under that premise, I wouldn't question either of them. They are a product of who they are. Because you feel a certain way, stop telling what other people have is internal racism. Well, no, you do what you want. Or stereotyped mindsets, Stereotypes are true because they're true. Stereotypes are just that. You've seen it so many times that you start to apply it to people because it is continually reinforced. And I know that's a layman's way of looking at it. But in the end, we have to recognize and realize that all of us can have a narrative that's true for us and it's okay. So if that's how you feel, I can appreciate that. What I can't do is say your way is the only way that people should see themselves. We have to know the negatives that occurred so they don't occur again. We have to look at things that happen historically so that they don't happen again. J.B. Bell said it today. There's nothing new in the world except a history we do not know. 
But that doesn't mean because you don't know it, you don't fill it in and make stuff up and add things to it that may not necessarily be true. You know what I'm saying? So let's 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 kind of take a step back and start looking at these things through multiple lenses and not just say that our lens is the only lens that's appropriate. Our lens is the only lens that's valid because it's because it's much more than that. Significantly much more than that. But that's just me. What are your thoughts? 833-212-1017. Southside Frank said, I'm only voting for honest people. Then I guess you're not voting. Nobody's 100% honest, ever. Everybody lies. We try to mitigate it. We try to change it. We try to be the best person and the best version of us. But everybody does it. We've all come short. By the way, I want to, want to remind you that black-owned businesses are the cornerstone and the backbone of the black community. That's why the classic barbershop debates all the way up to the local family-owned restaurants we enjoyed, we have to remember that those fine memories show the greatness of what Milwaukee was, is, and will be. That's why the new 1017 The Truth and Associated Bank have teamed up to rebuild the backbone of Milwaukee through our black-owned business give back. Our goal is to help local black businesses grow and succeed together the home of milwaukee black talk will be giving away two thousand dollars worth of free commercial advertising for one month to the first 10 black owned businesses who go to blackbusinessgiveback.com to sign up each and every month including october and november and december so let's rebuild our community's backbone through exposure on the truth for official Rules, head to blackbusinessgiveback.com. That's Black Business Give Back, first 10 black-owned businesses who go there, sign up each month. We'll have a chance to have $2,000 worth of free commercial advertising. Again, for official rules, head to blackbusinessgiveback.com. Associated Bank member FDIC. Mr. Madi said he's not voting. Lying is a big business. <laughs> I think we hold people to impossible standards. We want perfection, and people are just not perfect. I think people have done, how can I say this? I think some people know more about some people than other people. And the more you know, the less you're inclined to vote. Does that make sense? The less you know, and they seem like a nice person, we'll vote for them. You don't know what's in somebody's background. You don't know what baggage people have. Everybody has baggage. Everybody's done things that they don't want anybody to know. I just don't understand why people do it on social media. I don't understand why you would hop on social media and tell everybody what you did. Tell everybody what you said. Tell everybody. That's just weird to me. I mean, do I have social media? Sure. Am I on it every day? No. I mean, sometimes I think about it and I go, oh, yeah, let me go look on that. And that's about it. But I'm not like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not giving my life for it. That's that's as, as I like to say, that's a bridge too far. But 414-640, I, I get exactly what it is you're saying. Um, some of it I'm. Um, 
okay with some of it. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. But we're going to keep following up on the Devontae Adams. On the Devontae Adams uh, piece and make sure we uh, follow up on that to make sure these knuckleheads at ESPN don't. You know, oh my God, is this this terrible? And we need to go back and find the guy that pulled the football player off and manhandled him. Make sure he gets charged too. He should get a ticket. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. I want to say thank you for being here this afternoon. Thank you to J.B. Bell and Erica Wright of Bell & Wright, uh, financial advisors through Northwestern Mutual. It was a pleasure having them. I look forward to having them next month also. They'll be on the Sherwin-Hughes show in the coming weeks, so make sure you stick around. By the way, you can always stick around because you never have to miss a show. You can stream us on multiple platforms, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Just make sure you download the Truth app in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store. Tori Lowe shows up next. God bless. Take care. DZ, appreciate you, brother. As always, keep listening and pursue the truth. God bless. See you in 22.